welcome to Cancer Conversations. I'm your host, Erica Matthews. I am a wife, mom, and wellness coach. I understand the trauma of getting a cancer diagnosis and the intense battle a person instantly steps into. This podcast is all about learning how to overcome adversity and how activating faith plays a key role in the outcomes we want to have. Each week, I will be bringing you education and inspiration, as well as interviews with other fellow warriors. Get ready to be empowered in your faith, mindset, and your health. Now, let's get into today's episode. All right. So welcome to another week of Cancer Conversations podcast. I'm so grateful for all of my listeners, and I'm specifically grateful this week for a fellow warrior that uh, reached out to me and um, she has overcome cancer naturally. And those are the types of people I love bringing on the show. I want you guys to feel empowered and I know that you will once you listen to this episode. So I'm going to introduce Katrina Bowe and she became a practitioner after getting her own breast cancer into remission 100% naturally. Way to go, Katrina. She is a board certified uh, holistic nutritionist and has been in the health field since she opened her Pilates studio at the age of 24. She also homeschooled her seven children while writing her international bestseller, Nutritional Pilates book, Relieve Joint Pain, Lose Unwanted Weight, and Prevent Chronic Disease to Become Your Most Vibrant Self. Welcome to the show, Katrina. This is so great. Hi, Erica. I'm so excited to get to connect with you. Yeah. Well, I love people who are kicking cancer's butt. And so when I heard the word naturally, these days you just don't hear a lot about that word. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm on the search always so I can show people my story too has been um, mostly natural and I believe that's why I'm alive today. So I'm all about that. So let's just start with your story. So take us back to uh, what happened before you got diagnosed. Yeah. So before I got diagnosed, like I, like you read my intro, I was in the you know health space in terms of Pilates, but we weren't really doing a whole lot in terms of nutrition or anything. And then my daughter got some, she was three years old and she was having tooth pain. I'm like, Oh, this is weird. Took her to the dentist. And they said she needed eight fillings and three baby root canals. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there like, what are you talking about? You know, how is this possible? And then the dentist proceeds to give me this lecture about how I need to not feed her soda pop and candy bars. I'm like, she's never had that. Like never had that. And he's just looking at me like I'm a liar. So I get four more second opinions and they all say about the same thing. And I'm like, this is something seriously wrong here. Um, So we did find a wonderful guy that did um, all the work by lasers. So we didn't need to do the root canals and be as invasive and such. And she did not have to be sedated and put under, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, But for you moms out there, you understand, like, she's three years old. This is insane. And, but with that, that sparked us onto the, our health journey. That was the instigator. Cause I'm like, I don't want this to keep happening. I don't understand why this is happening. And there has to be some kind of cause. And, you know, with her, I had hyperemesis gravidarum where I lost 30 pounds in the first month and had to be 
on medication, which I am not all about. That was, that took me a long time to give into that. Um, but it was so bad. I had to have it suppository. I couldn't even take it orally. Mm. And I, to this day, believe that that was a lot of it. And I'm grateful because that started us on this journey to figure out what was going on. And we started the GAPS diet and everything stopped. Her teeth started healing. She's doing much better. You know, she didn't have any cavities after that. And it was, it was huge to see that like, oh my goodness, food can do this. Are you kidding? Like I, I didn't, I know, I knew you should eat healthy, but I didn't really believe like food was medicine. Mm. And that led us to really diving into toxins and food sourcing and all this stuff that then comes out and you can just spend your lifetime, the rest of it, diving down the rabbit holes to where we moved to Idaho. So we could have some grass and we have cows and chickens so that and we're not selling stuff, but we really want to have um, as clean a meat and have control over that process as possible. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit. Um, I was nursing my fifth child um, and I found a lump. I had a mastitis and I didn't think much of it. I'm like, oh, it's just a plug duct, whatever. But when the mastitis cleared up, there was a golf ball lump still there. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a really huge, well-endowed woman where it was like a really obvious thing. And even then I wasn't super scared. I was 37 at the time and didn't really think much of it in terms of like, well, you know, something, I just got lumpy boobs, whatever. <clears throat> My mom and uh, was really on it though. And so I started to look into and the diagnosis came back with cancer and I'm still kind of, it was just, what? you know, I'm doing all the right things. I'm eating all the right food, the super nutrient dense. We got away from the toxins. We make our own toiletries craziness, like pretty extreme. So it it took me down a a large rabbit hole of like, let's evaluate everything Mm. because something I am doing is not right right for me. And I need to figure it out. I need to really dive into this because my life's at stake at this point. That's so good. So you're like me. You're all about the root cause because we, you know, we can't heal in the same environment we got sick in. And for me, there's a ton of like root causes. And so that's probably why I'm I'm still on this journey trying to heal because healing doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's a full-time job. So, so let's talk about root cause. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really blessed to find a functional practitioner that had the same mindset because this was a while ago and we started testing everything and I had never tested anything and we're testing things I didn't even know you could test and I felt very secure because I had been you know taking supplements and doing all this work on my gut and what how would anything show up but a lot showed up Mm -hmm. and like you said there's a lot of root cause drivers so um, now as a practitioner I look back and there's 10 areas that we can see in research will actually drive cancer. And each of these 10 areas has quite a few things. So for example, hormones is one bucket and that would be like thyroid hormones, sex hormones, and this can present in different ways. Um, And we wanna look at all those things. So the big thing uh, for me, I had, let's see, hypothyroid. My thyroid was totally in the toilet. I was very insulin resistant, didn't feel bad from that. Um, very low levels of vitamin D, which is weird because I had been taking vitamin D forever and didn't realize I had a genetic issue that I don't absorb it well. I was uh, estrogen dominant. Um, 
I had some serious marital issues that had not been resolved that were really taking a toll. And I had very, very high levels of mold. No idea that this was even a problem, uh, much less that I had it. So there were there was a lot to lay out. And one of the biggest things that I stress to clients is that, you know, cancer is not one thing. Yes. You know, when we're looking at root cause issues, what I see with my clients is usually there's like six to eight of these 10 areas. So I personally want to work, especially with something like cancer, where, you know, there, there is a ticking clock, especially if you've got an aggressive one that you want to get all the smoking guns out on the table at the front to make sure that you are going to be not missing something. Exactly. What was this test called? Oh, this was lots of different tests. Lots and lots of different tests. Yeah. So the ones that I use now, which are a little different than back then, because the cool thing is we keep getting new tests coming out and better and better technology. So like I use the GI map, we use the Dutch. Um, I'll use what's now Mosaic used to be Great Plains, their oat test, their um, their non-metals, their heavy metals, their glyphosate um, and their mold test. And then we'll use the three by four nutrition genome for the genetics component. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I am, I mentioning, mentioned this beforehand, but I have an ebook, the roadmap to prevent cancer recurrence that mm. actually lists all of these and like what markers on the blood work and things like that, that you want to look at for the different areas. So that, okay. Yeah. I'll definitely know in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. So then what happened? Okay. Okay. This is where it gets a little weird. So I had all this, I had my plan. I had all my supplements and I was feeling good. Like I got this. I totally got this. And then a, a friend invited me to a women's retreat. And I kind of hemmed and hawed because I'm like, you know, th- they're going to be eating bad food. They're not going to be, you know, having what I need and stuff. And I, I should just stay home. And, but something on my heart, I'm like, I need to go to this retreat. And I'll tell you, this was not a cancer retreat. It wasn't a marriage retreat. It was just a generic women's retreat. But the entire time, every time they had a breakout, it was just like super heavy on my heart that I needed to go home that Sunday night and be with my husband in the biblical sense. Oh, right. Which is kind of weird. Like I'd never heard of God telling someone when to have sex. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of had this little argument because I just retested my hormones. So I knew exactly when my ovulation and stuff was. And, oh, it was going to be that Sunday. And there were already a ton of people that were kind of, for lack of a better word, pissed at me for doing it natural. Mm. You know, you you can't go get pregnant when you are, you know, cancering. So, and we, we had just had a fight. It wasn't really what I wanted to do either. So there was a lot of stuff there, but long story short, I did and got pregnant with baby number six. At that point, I'm kind of freaking out because I'm like, was that a good idea? Mm. You know? And as I mentioned before, with the hyperemesis gravidarum, this is something that I struggle with with every kid. So of course I get super sick because I'm pregnant. I can't take half the supplements I'm supposed to take. I think there were a handful of things I could still take. Um, And I I was struggling to get food in and it wasn't healthy stuff. It was, you know, what do you, what do you crave when you're pregnant? It's not the broccoli, right? Right. Um, So through all this, crazy journey about a month before the baby was due the lump was 100% gone I mean from the external palpation and again I'm not well endowed 
I could not find the golf ball size lump. Oh my goodness. So God had a plan. I trusted. He followed through. And here's where it gets very uh, interesting that I had the baby, wonderful home birth, everything went well, um, nursed him for a year and then circled back and connected with that functional practitioner. It's like, okay, what do I need to be doing now? Because I hadn't finished dealing with the root cause issues. And I knew that, you know, most of the detox stuff, especially for that mold, I couldn't do while I was pregnant or nursing. Let's get back to that. So this doesn't come back. And she recommended a book um, called Fat for Fuel by Dr. Joseph McCullough. Yeah. And I said, no, no, that's that's scary. That's that's you know ketogenic. That's too extreme. And this was back before keto was big. She's like, no, Katrina, read it. I really think that this would be good for you. So I read it. And before I was done, I was doing keto because it all resonated. The science was there. It made sense. And I read probably a dozen other books and probably even like dozens more since then. Um, but what happened was about three months into my keto journey, I, I was feeling really good. And what I didn't mention at the beginning was that I also have bipolar and I have been white knuckling it for about 20 years. Hmm. So, you know, I wasn't going to do something, but I was still not feeling good. We'll just put it that way. And I was feeling good, but I didn't really want to call it because I didn't know if this was like for sure a thing, if this was going to continue on indefinitely or what was going on. And uh, it was around Thanksgiving time. And my husband was doing a little family worship thing about, you know, talking about being grateful in all circumstances and discussing some friends of ours that had lost their house to a fire and seeing how the community had gathered around them and everything. And my daughter pipes up and she goes, well, like mom's cancer. Mm. And he, we just both kind of looked at her like, what are you talking about? And he asked her, he's like, what do you mean, honey? And she goes, well, if mom hadn't had cancer, she wouldn't have tried keto. And now she's happy. Wow. So just seeing the whole thing come full circle, looking at it now, like people say they're grateful for cancer, but the cancer was really the answer to my prayer that I had, you know, since I was a teenager, of please take this away. So God was giving me in his graciousness, the oh. ability to turn it off and put myself in remission, not only of the cancer, but of the bipolar. Oh my gosh, this is so magnificent and beautiful. I love it. I was just talking with a friend this weekend of how they've been praying for a situation with their kids to get them out of a quacky church. And it's been years and years and years. And sometimes when things don't change for a long time, you're like, when God, is it going to happen? And all of a sudden they're getting an opportunity to move to like another country and mm. get out of this church. And I'm like, Oh, just the way God answers prayers. is just so beautiful. So powerful. it's not what we think necessarily. Right? Hardly ever. <laughs> hardly ever. Wow. I love that. I love that. I love what you said. Um, hopefully I can uh, remember something about like, turn off the genes. Can you yeah. talk about that? That's Absolutely. So you hear a lot with cancer about the genetics and how genetics drives it, but what they don't really talk about is that according to research, you know, less than 10% of cancers are actually inherited genetic driven. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is where, you know, it's the epigenetics 
And the epigenetics are our diet and lifestyle choices that can actually turn the genes on, turn the genes off in how they express. Um, So in my work as a practitioner and what I had you know, done with myself when I was cancering is looking at the genes that are called low penetrants. So they're highly influenceable by the actual epigenetics, the diet and lifestyle so that you can say, oh, look, I have this gene. I don't detox well. I need to be focused on that kind of ongoing because this is an area that I is just my Achilles heel. Um, Like I said, I have issues with vitamin D. I have methylation issues. You know, these are going to be things that I'm just keeping on my radar forever because they're how God made me. And it's just something I need to watch. And the beautiful thing is that we can see this stuff now and really understand. um, I mean, more is coming out every day, but we get so much clear information about what we can do and how much power and control we really actually have over our destiny. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that because there's so many, well, I'll just speak of the conventional world. They make it seem like we're helpless little victims of cancer. And I'm sorry, it's not true. I mean, uh, in the beginning, I believed that I was, and people kept, well, there was two, two women, one who'd overcome breast cancer naturally as well. And then my holistic doctor and she, they both said, so Erica, why do you think you got the cancer in the first place? And I hated that question. And I was like, how am I supposed to know? You know, but then as you know, as I've been doing this deep work for close to four years now. I'm like, oh, okay. I played a part in, in it unknowingly, unknowingly, but I'm right. Yeah. Right. We don't need to like make people feel guilty or bad exactly. that they're doing the wrong things. I was too. It's, you know, you don't know what you don't know, but you know, if you want to dig into this work and learn some of this stuff, there's incredible treasure trove of, you know, diet, lifestyle, you know, what supplements are best for you and such. So for example, um, I, I actually already finished my matcha for the morning, um, but for me, genetically, I have what's called a fast calm tea. I just blow through my sex hormones and my neurotransmitters very fast. Now, just for any listeners out there, most people with cancer are a slow calm tea. So it's kind of curious that I have this fast calm tea, but in order to not have too low a hormones, I drink this and, and neurotransmitters. I drink a lot of matcha every day because that slows down how fast that process is. Mm. Now, for me, it's kind of interesting because that really helps my neurotransmitters. But if I had a slow calm tea, I would not touch the matcha with the 10-foot pole. And you hear so much about matcha being like this superfood for cancer people yeah. because of the ECGC. Yes, it has the ECGC, but if genetically you have a slow, calm T and you're having trouble with estrogen dominance, this is not going to be helpful. This is not where you get your ECGC from. And so there's a lot of like layers and how you can massage it and finesse it based on you specifically, because what's good for me is not necessarily good for you, Erica, or for all these other people out there. It's very specific to your bio-individuality. Yeah, that's why I'm so curious about these tests that people can do. I think there's just so much, right, that we can be doing. And if we are open to researching and, you know, digging our heels in and doing the work, we can change, right? And we can heal. So, yeah. And I want to tell you a quick story about that. So I, I mean, my, my journey is pretty complex and long, but I I left this part out at the very beginning. My first inclination was 
okay, let's do something totally different than what I'm doing. Um, and I went down to a Gearson program, which I now know why after you've heard the end of the story, this would have been a terrible idea for me. Like uh, a vegan diet would have been awful because it, it would have just perpetuated my blood sugar issues, which I have genetic issues with and such. But when I got down there, um, you know, I was looking for answers. I was evaluating everything. I was open to everything. Like, and I kept asking questions and they didn't, people weren't answering me. They're like, just read the books. I'm like, I read the books. They didn't answer this question. That's why I'm asking it. And after three days, the director of the facility um, asked to have a private conversation with me and told me that um, he had heard from the staff that I was asking a lot of questions and he thought I just needed to trust in the process. Wow. And I said, well, I don't know how I can trust in the process. I mean, this is my life on the line. You know, if, if you don't have answers to my questions, you're putting me on a generic protocol and I don't know that this is appropriate and I need to make sure this is right. I don't have somebody fighting in my corner besides myself, right? And he said that he didn't think this was the right place and that I should leave. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And this is a very well-known. Oh, I know about that. Clinic. Oh yeah. It's not the one it's the oh. uh, spinoff. Um, oh. But they, yeah, I mean, it's the same, same treatment, but the way I was treated was at that one. And, and I kicked, got kicked out of the cancer clinic for Pete's sake, because I was asking questions, but that's just one thing I like to tell all my clients. Like, I want you to ask questions. You are your own advocate. You have to take responsibility of yourself because there's no one else that cares as much as you. Um, and if something doesn't make sense, ask the questions and there may not be an answer, but you still need to ask the questions both of yourself and of the people that you're working with and of the Lord, because he, he's faithful to bring those, those answers around. Right. That's right. Yeah. And not be shamed or made to feel wrong because you are asking a question. I hate that when people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I want to pause from today's episode and talk about an immune system molecule that has certainly changed my life, but is making a lot of waves out in the world. And strong immunity is my passion, and I truly believe that every single person needs to be using this molecule. It activates your natural killer cells. It makes your immune system 437% smarter. It kills cancer cells, and its main job is to help your body recognize a threat and then respond to it. Now, one of the great things about this molecule is if your body doesn't recognize where the problem is, it can't certainly fight it. So it's like this molecule points out where the problem is so it can effectively fight it. So if you are interested in what this molecule could do for you, go ahead and message me at hello at ericamatthews.co. All right, let's get back into today's episode. Wow. So how, what year was all of this? Um, 15. Oh my goodness. Okay. So you've been cancer free for eight years, seven, yeah. eight years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Wow. And how long did it take you? I mean, it sounds too, just to me that, I mean, yes, it was a partnership between you and the Lord, but sounds too, like he kind of did a miracle, right? It was totally a miracle. That's why I feel I feel like I somewhat cheated <laughs> because I mean, clearly a lot of my clients have joked. They're like, well, I can't get pregnant, you know, a guy or a woman in menopause or something. And I'm like, that's not the path for everybody. This was a weird scenario. And I, I really truly believe from myself as well as for my clients that the, the functional practice alone 
works. Mm -hmm. Um, why did God take me on this weird journey? I I think this was a test of faith. This was about the bipolar. This was about like making sure I didn't get puffed up thinking I did it. Exactly. I didn't do it. (laughs) And even with my clients, I'm not curing cancer. I say that to them all right up front. Like I don't do this. What I'm doing is helping them to see what their root cause drivers are. And let's be honest, there might be ones that we haven't discovered yet. Yeah. I mean, that we're, we're not, we haven't learned everything, but let's get as much of that on the table as possible so that you know what you need to do. Let's problem solve and, and tweak it for you specifically so that, you know, your body gets the nutrients it needs. It gets the toxins out and your body is then unhindered in its own healing. Your body heals itself, yes. not someone else. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So what would you say would be some of the... I mean, I know it's different for everyone, but some of the big drivers for for cancer. Yeah. I, if you want, I can go over the 10 areas. Yeah, let's do that. These are in the ebook as well. So if you miss them, don't, don't worry. You can get them there. Um, so the first is metabolic. So we know from Otto uh, Warburg's uh, Nobel winning prize back in the 30s that the defining factor of a cancer cell is that me- metabolically it has shifted to be broken. And in that case, it needs huge amounts of glucose to fuel and to grow rapidly, which um, means that the blood sugar, if your blood sugar is high, you are literally fueling your body. Now you can't get your blood sugar to zero, but you want to keep it from doing huge spikes, which is again, just giving extra fuel to the cancer. Um, Also being in a state of ketosis, as I mentioned, has a lot of very therapeutic healing effects. Um, which is is very, very key. Now, because of this, the second bucket is angiogenesis and metastasis. So angiogenesis is a fancy word that means uh, a tumor because it needs all this extra blood sugar is going to create more ways for the blood uh, to get to it by creating more blood vessels. So when you see certain markers like copper and such, um, high, you know that that tumor is driving more blood vessels to may, be made with it. Mm. We want to watch out for that. Um, another one of the drivers is uh, hormones, pretty familiar. So not only the sex hormones, like I had mentioned earlier, but also thyroid hormones. So when the thyroid is sluggish, it's not, it's providing energy to the whole body and the body can't energetically heal when it's run down and not running optimally. The microbiome. So yes, the gut in terms of the bacteria, do you have parasites, all the stuff there, but also digestion. You can eat the best diet in the world, highest quality. And if you're not digesting it, you get none of it. So it's really important um, to look at that as well. Stress. So stress um, will be, uh, we're looking here at the adrenal hormones specifically, but Things like infections and the blood sugar uh, and uh, inflammation can all drive those off. And this can be internal, but also the external stress. And that bucket we look at is the emotional mental component. So when people are, well, let's just back up. So usually with a cancer client, there's um, something in the last year or so, a trauma that has really hurt their heart could be um, loss of a business, loss of a a loved one, you know, something personal happening that really rocked their boat. And it's different for other, every person. 
Um, but dealing with that trauma is really key. And that's why I brought up the the marriage stuff because that was mine and it was, it was very traumatic and I wasn't dealing with it at all. And no one mentioned that. Um, epigenetics. We've talked about that already. That's one of the buckets, the immune system. The immune system is what should be monitoring cancer cells and addressing them. So every person, well, I shouldn't say every, most people have circulating tumor cells to some degree at any given point. And our immune system should be taking care of that. It's when the immune system is gone haywire with autoimmune, or it's just overwhelmed with all the other things it needs to take care of, like with infections and stuff, that it can't do its job that we need to watch out for. And then inflammation. Inflammation. Ah, uh, if, if you have cancer, there's inflammation almost always. And this is where we want to use it as a marker. Um, we call it the trifecta, the HSCRP, the SED rate, and the LDH, not the LDL, the LDH, um, not to do with cholesterol. And those are going to be markers of inflammation to see when things go sideways or if treatments aren't working properly and such. If there's a metastasis, um, because we want to calm the body down so that it can function well. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, we have the environmental toxins. Mm -hmm. And this is a big bucket. And I don't think I've seen a client that doesn't have something in there. So this is one not to overlook. So this is going to be things like heavy metals. It's going to be the non-metal toxins, um, things like BPA, glyphosate and such, um, as well as mold. Mm. Between you and I, Erica, I run this the mold test on all my cancer clients as part of my year package. And I've only had one person not have high levels of mold. Wow. And these are known carcinogens. This is in the research. This is not me being woo-woo or chasing after ridiculousness. This is in there. And I frankly, with all these carcinogenic toxins, I don't understand why the oncologists aren't testing this. Exactly. People come in, they get a cancer diagnosis, they give them the chemo, radiation, surgery, whatever their combo is. And then they send them home in the same environment yep. with the same eating and lifestyle habits. And we wonder why it comes back. Exactly. I mean, it's insane. So those are the 10 areas that we look at. And like I said, there may be more that we get to look at later, but for now we've got tests on all of them, except for the mental, emotional component which, um, you know, then we need to do a little different, um, strategy to, to dig into. Oh my gosh. I love all that. I believe in that 100%. So now did I read that you got your training under Nasha Winters? I did. Yes. I love her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Tell me Absolutely. about that. Yeah. So I actually was introduced to her book, um, not long after I finished was at the end of my cancer journey. And I just was like, Oh my goodness, this resonates. This makes so much sense. Um, and I was a little, a little obsessed with it. Um, and I went back to nutrition school with the end in mind that I wanted to work with her. And so then I spent, you know, two more years learning all the functional testing and then finally got to become one of Dr. Nash's uh, practitioners, um, taking her training and working alongside her. And it was so cool. Just between you and I, I got to go and um, I was at her house for the month of July and it was just like, oh my goodness, this is like, <laughs> you know, my dream there. I got to actually meet her and spend time with her personally and stuff. Wow. Now someone just told me recently that she still has the tumor. 
Well, here's the thing with cancer. It's not a black and white. Like most people of talk. Course. About. Yeah. Um, you know, the oncologists are like, you're good. But like I said, you still have tumor cells floating around. And this is one of the things where, you know, anyone that's had cancer, you want to keep a vigilant eye on it. And you want to be keeping things in, you know, remission is the way I term it so that you can continue to live your life and thrive and no one would know you have cancer. You can do amazing things. But what I encourage is keep your eye on these tests because this is where you're going to see things start to go sideways if things start to swell up because it's a slippery slope. You know, I'm sure you understand all the diet and lifestyle and supplements and things you have to do when you're, you know, better, all clear, you don't just quit them all. But when the mind is like, okay, I'm done. And, you know, it it makes it a lot easier to be like, okay, I'm at a wedding. Yeah, I might have that piece of cake or something, even though, you know, that's not really going to be an edifying thing to your body and helpful. Once you're out of it, it's a slippery slope. So this is where things might flare up or there might be new toxins coming in. That happens a lot. Um, People move and, oh, whoops, the house is moldy, you know, whatever it is. This is where it's not a black and white thing. So that's why I really am passionate about making sure that people understand their root cause drivers. I have a ton of clients that come to me after they did standard of care um, because they want to know what their root cause drivers are so they know how to watch it in the future. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I mean, if you want to do conventional, great, but go home and do root cause stuff and investigate where the hole, where the, you know, where is this coming in from? So, but you know, the thing is, is that if you do the conventional, you're not told that. So you don't necessarily know to do that. You know what I'm saying? So, but I think a lot of people are waking up um, and there's so much, like you said, there's just new information coming out every day. And if you, you know, if you're on social media, I mean, Instagram and TikTok, oh my gosh, you can learn from them. So I, you know, I do know several people, well, many, many people actually that have done conventional, but they went home and they changed every single thing. I mean, everything and and they're doing well. Yeah. And that's, that's what I get excited about because then they understand that they have control. They're not a passive, like, Oh no, what's going to happen. It's just chance. I don't believe in chance. I believe everything happens for a reason. And once you know this stuff, you don't unknow it. You have a choice. You get to do with it what you will. Um, whether you want to get the testing or you stick your head in the sand, you know, it's, it's up to you. Exactly. Okay. So what are some of your favorite books, like for cancer information for people? Mm, Okay. Well, Dr. Nisha's Nisha Winters, her book, uh, metabolic approach to cancer is my favorite hands down. And I make sure all my clients have read it because it's got a lot in it and it gives that overall framework of what I was just talking about. Um, uh, my book, obviously one of my favorites, I wrote this for people to help them look at this framework, but from a preventative standpoint. So I do mention cancer in there, but if people haven't had a cancer diagnosis, they're not so motivated in terms of doing something. They're not going to do this crazy stuff um, until they have the pain. And unfortunately, you know, that's what happens a lot. So I talk about, you know, weight and joint pain and such. I tie in my Pilates background. But at the end of the day, it's really about prevention of chronic disease. That is my passion that is in the book. Okay, awesome. 
So those two for sure. What is your, the name of your book? Uh, nutritional Pilates. Nutritional Pilates. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And let's talk about the Pilates thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I opened my Pilates studio when I was 24. I got a really great early start. I was going to go into physical therapy and I got frustrated by the whole insurance rigmarole mm -hmm. with what the PTs could and couldn't do. And, you know, somebody that doesn't even know the client is dictating how many modalities they get. It just seemed a little crazy to me, which I've seen again in the nutrition, you know, medical world. <laughs> but at the time, um, I realized that with Pilates, I can do a lot of the post rehab, which I actually like better than the acute injury phase mm. with Pilates. And their, their mindset of like zoom out, look at the entire body. How does the structure and how people are using their ankle affect their wrist? Because it's all intertwined. And I, I love that um, all the work I did with Pilates in terms of the muscle balancing and bringing the, the balance back to the body, it's the same concept that I'm doing with functional medicine in terms of looking at the entire body and how does everything integrate and dynamically affect each other. It's not oh, we have the digestive system separately out here and it plays by itself and doesn't isn't affected by hormones and vice versa kind of thing. Mm, wow. I remember when I was like, I need to change up my exercise routine. This was years ago. And I tried Pilates and I, I honestly thought it was, I don't know, just going to be stretching. And I have never been so sore in my entire life. I feel like I got like probably the best workout of my entire life. I was utterly shocked. So yeah. Yeah. And the fun thing with Pilates, um, I will say that over the 20 years plus that I've been teaching, the industry has kind of gotten watered down. It's become more mainstream and fitnessy. So if I'm saying things that don't make sense that you haven't seen in the Pilates that you're doing to your listeners, yeah. Yeah. um, that's not crazy because it's gotten a little more fitnessy. Um, but Pilates in its essence is about muscle balancing. So bringing balance to the opposing muscles around every joint mm -hmm. so that the joints track properly and aren't off again, to bring less inflammation and issues and stuff. So it's not about losing weight. Although everyone talks about flat tummies and all the weight loss stuff. That's not what Pilates is about. It's really about joint health. Um, but the cool thing is like, so at our studio in Scottsdale, we have people in wheelchairs working out right next to NFL players on the exact same piece of equipment because we can fine tune it. And a lot of that has to do with the cueing of, can you do a little more of this mm. and putting that ownership back on the client of self-responsibility, which is what we were talking about at the beginning. You know, can you do this? Yeah. Not just counting at them and, you know, making them do more springs, more, more, more. It's, it's not more is better. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. just like with supplements, more is not better. It's about being specific and strategic of which exercises are really your weak spot. And let's really nail those. And that's why people get so sore in weird places. Oh, yeah, I, I was like shocked. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So how do you like keep up with everything with seven kids? And because I mean, working on your health is a full time job. Yeah. And that's why I said it gets to be a slippery slope because you do have to make choices and you have to prioritize. Um, so with my kids, um, homeschooling, we've got a really nice um, system. And of course, as every mother knows, it isn't always flawless. It goes sideways, but we do homeschooling in the morning. They have a curriculum that is fairly guided. It's a, a Christ-based one that 
you know, my kids are all very independent, so they enjoy working on their, their own. Um, and I will kind of go back and forth between, you know, working with clients and helping them on things, which is really nice because they're there, I'm there, and we can kind of support each other um, with that. I love that. Oh my goodness. So good. Well, is there any um, piece of advice you would give to someone that, I don't know, newly diagnosed and they're in a decision-making space? What would you say to them? Absolutely. Yeah. So I get calls from people all the time. They're like, my sister said I needed to talk to you. You know, they, they just got diagnosed and that's a scary, scary yeah. place. So first off, I just want to validate if you feel like you're in the blender, you will get through that. It's, it's the most awful feeling. Um, and I, I just want to encourage people like there's this heavy urgency and like high yeah. sales pressure in the oncology world. It is not that urgent. Exactly. What I encourage people, don't stick your head in the sand, like I mentioned earlier, but take some time out. Seek counsel from the Lord, from godly friends, you know, look into different therapies and make your decision because it's going to affect the rest of your life and you want to make the right one. How do you want to feel and where do you want to end up on the other side? And, you know, look into different processes, do some discovery calls, like, search it out. And this is a weird little sniggly point, but if you are not loving your oncologist or whatever practitioner you're working with, find someone new mm -hmm. because that needs to be a, like a heart. I trust you kind of place. And I see too often because of insurance miggling in it, that people just have, feel like they have to go with that person. Yep. You don't, they're a service provider and you are hiring them. Exactly. Um, so make your choices and choose wisely and take your time with it. Yeah. Oh, I see that all the time. I hear that from my clients as well. And it's almost like this abusive relationship and like oh, yeah. threatening, you know, especially if they, they're not getting the, the results and they're starting to be awakened and maybe start going down a more awakened path, integrative, whatever. Uh, but then they bring it to their doctor. The doctor is not okay with that. They're like, no, let's, we're going to get you on a trial or let's try. There's another chemo I want you to try. And in the process, the numbers keep going up. It's things are getting worse. And it's just, you know, it's like the patient does have a choice. And I wish more, I had a horrible situation that, that just happened with um, this client of mine and she kept through this year process of working together, she kept coming to me and she would say, God was telling her to stop doing the chemo. Hmm. And she, it was, it broke my heart, her, but she was getting pressure from her husband and the doctor and they were um, taking advantage of her. She was kind of a more of a passive personality. So um, it, it was just unfortunate, but she did not listen to God. And yeah, it was just heartbreaking yeah. And, um, so that's part of what I love to do is I feel like I want to empower people that, and that's really what the show is about Katrina, empowering people to be your own advocate. And, you know, you don't know a lot of my story, but I was working with a world renowned doctor and she helped save my life. Right. But I, you know, the Holy spirit spoke to me and said, you're stepping into a new season. You're done there when I didn't even have my result yet. I was like, okay. And so it's just been this crazy wild ride of following him, but it's always going to work out when you follow the voice of God. And so, um, even the best doctors in the world, 
you know, you, you still have to take it into your hands a little bit, you know? Yes. Yeah. 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 Ultimately God is our healer and he knows more than any doctor or any person does. And he's always the right one to listen to. I would say that's right. It's hard to, in that crazy process to really be still and hear him sometimes because especially if it's a partner that's working against you and, and isn't feeling it and pushing you to key in the chemo, that is hard. Exactly. I'll tell you one of the things, um, just a little hot tip. That was probably one of the best things I did during my journey was that I sent a letter out an email to literally everybody in my email database, um, telling them, Hey, I have breast cancer. I'm going to be treating it naturally. This is what I'm doing. I was very clear and I would really appreciate your prayers. That's what I wanted. Um, And at the end I wrote, I understand that not everyone is going to approve or agree with my choice. That's fine. I don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. If you have a differing opinion, please keep it to yourself because I do not want any negativity in this space during my healing. And there were family members that I still haven't heard from. Yeah. And I'm totally okay with that because yeah. that I needed that. I needed to not be second guessed and question having that little doubt monger in there because I knew I was following what God wanted me to do. Right. That's um, right. And I needed the support as much as I could get. So I always let my clients know that because I think it's a great, it was one of the best things that somebody had recommended to me to do that I thought was and brilliant. Oh yeah. It, it, it's, it's so important to do that. I mean, I would have, I've mentioned this before in other episodes, but I'd have well-meaning people just reach out to me and say, I know you're hoping for a different result, but my mother died of ovarian cancer. It's like, oh, okay. That's really helpful Thanks. to me in my situation. <laughs> like how, I, I, oh yeah, there's been many, 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 but I, I won't take our time to share that. It's not positive, but you or, have to or the ones where they're, they're really well-meaning and they're saying, Oh, I just read about this other therapy. You should try that. Yeah. Oh, you always get advice. That. And I'm just going to throw this out there because, um, while, you know, oncology isn't looking at root cause, there are a lot of people in the alternative space that aren't looking at it either. Yeah. You know, people with, you know, HBOT systems, IV vitamin C, you know, whatever it is, that are, they give the same thing to everybody, the same supplement list, the same treatment protocols, everything. And that's, you know, if you're not doing the testing, you're guessing. Yeah. And I just have to put this out there because I was shocked when I learned this, but there are a lot of these oxidative therapies that can actually drive cancer Mm. if you're doing them at the wrong time. Mm. So for example, IV vitamin C, you want to check with a G6PD test to see if it's appropriate. And if it's high, I just had to tell one of my clients yesterday, theirs was high. Do not do any IV vitamin C. It will make things worse. Wow. And people aren't testing this stuff. A lot of times it's really important that people know. And that's where I'm like, share the information. This is, this is what my course is all about. I I really want people to be empowered, to be able to take charge of their own health because it's hard. And there's so much conflicting advice and confusion out there. I love that you just said that. I agree 100%. I just, in fact, saw some um, TikTok guy talking about, you know, how important it is if you are fighting cancer, regardless, you know, if you're doing conventional or, you know, natural, 
that you need to be doing IV vitamin C because it kills the cancer stem cells and chemotherapy, as we all know, and it doesn't even, it doesn't touch the cancer stem cells. Um, it shrinks the tumor burden. Of course we know that, but it doesn't kill the cancer stem cells. So I love that you just said that. Um, that's again, that's uh, working with the right person is everything. And I've had like, I've had to fire a ton of people along this journey um, and, but it's also forced me to become so freaking educated to where it's like, I don't, you know, I've gone through my own school. I don't know that I would have changed it because it's forced me to be, become somebody that maybe I never would have otherwise. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I a hundred percent concur with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's really important. And it seems so generic and trite, you know, to say I'm really grateful for the cancer, but I really yeah, am. I know. Like, I, I like who I am now better. Yeah. Yes. And I am so excited about getting to help other people in this much more profound way. And, you know, just taking my family's health to a, the next level and stuff. It, it, all of it's been helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm super grateful. Wow. I love this. Okay. So I know people are going to want to know how they can work with you, how they can find you. So tell us. Yeah, absolutely. So um, cancerfreedom.com is my website. Um, you can email me Katrina at cancerfreedom.com. Um, and I am on Instagram, just my name at Katrina. Um, and I'm on Facebook. Uh, it's nutritional.pilates. So I would love to hear from y'all. And um, Erica has a link to my free ebook, uh, The Roadmap to Prevent Cancer Recurrence, that has a lot of the information that we talked about in here going into more depth and such. Perfect. Oh my gosh, this has been yeah. so enlightening. And thank you so much for being a guest on my show. Oh, my pleasure, Erica. It was great to connect. Thank you for listening to the show. My prayer is that the podcast encouraged you and filled you with hope. If you loved what you heard today and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at It's Erica Matthews and join my Hope and Healing for Cancer Facebook group. Remember this, anything worth having takes work. See you next week for a new episode.